Hello, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency, all things homesteading, and about how we can reduce the gap between our consumption and our production. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 463 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. Today we are continuing our Small Spaces series and we're talking about community. Now just because this is a Small Spaces series that doesn't mean that there isn't things in here for everyone and today's episode is particularly keen on that point because we're talking about all the sorts of ways we can use the community around us and I've noticed since moving to a smaller space that that interaction with the community around you can be even more valuable than perhaps it is if you've got the space to do all the things you want but What we're going to be talking about is all the different ways we can utilise the community around us and not only utilise it in a one-way transactional sense but in a in a two-way street kind of sense that the community around us can enrich us in ways that we couldn't have done if we lived in solitude but also ways in which we can enrich our community and kind of share in this amazing thing of producing our own food producing our own stuff and uh, being in touch with where everything comes from as always you know getting back to reducing the gap between our production and our consumption at the end of today's, no, not at the end of today's episode, at the end of Friday's episode, just a quick reminder that we will be doing another Patreon giveaway. We're going to be giving away The Gardener's Year by Alan Titchmarch, and it's a a fantastic book, a really, really big book that uh, goes all the way through the year in your garden, what you should be doing when it accompanies the TV series, The Gardener's Year with Alan Tishmarsh. And uh, that's going to be given away on Friday to a patron. If you want to be included in that draw, just consider becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. That's all the housekeeping. So let's talk about small spaces in community. So there's lots of there's lots of places I want to go today, lots of things I want to talk about, but I want to talk with some of the simplest things, and that's just the ability to to swap things. Now, when you live in a space that only has two or three neighbours, then your pool of potential swappies is very, very small. But if you live in a larger village or a town or even a city, then of course the number of people within your community are much, much wider and you're able to talk to many, many more people about the opportunity to swap some of the things that you have access to, that you have excess of, that maybe they're producing. And we've seen that even in the short amount of time since we have moved. I don't know how, but my wife got talking to someone and the next thing I know She's turning up at our door with a load of excess seedlings. So the broad beans that we're currently growing in our garden, we wouldn't have any broad beans this year, which are going to be probably the first beans that we're cropping from. We're almost there already. And we certainly wouldn't have that if it wasn't for this relationship. And we had given them a uh, a batch of my wife's, we call them minchy cakes. I don't know why, but uh, the flapjacks that she bakes. And she gave us a load of seedlings. But it wasn't a reciprocal transactional 
relationship. They they literally just turned up at our door with these seedlings and said, here you go, would you like these? We've got some spares. So we had some broad bean seedlings, but also some, uh, I think you call it in the States, you call it cilantro. Um, I call it coriander. Uh, seedlings and a couple of other herbs they are all now growing quite happily in our garden so uh, my wife decided next time she baked some flapjacks she baked an extra batch and dropped them round. and since then we've swapped a few other bits and pops they've brought us around some cakes and stuff like that it's absolutely fantastic and our neighbor has been round uh, their daughter bakes cakes for a local stall at uh, some of the fundraising fates and events that go on in towns and villages and they had some left over at the end of one of their days so they dropped them around and in return we dropped them around some eggs so developing these relationships and nurturing these relationships can be super super valuable valuable for not just getting more things that you need but also a valuable way of reusing some of the things that perhaps you didn't need and a great way of building those chains of community for so many different reasons it's valuable for so many different reasons because whatever we think however we like to manage our time and our space we can't do everything ourselves and being able to develop these links whereby we are trading a few things and some of the things we're producing excess of rather than having to come up with creative ways of using things rather than because the sort of the value drops off a little bit. That's not to say it's not worth doing. So I want to just get that out there straight away. I'm not saying for one second that it's not worth growing for gluts. It absolutely is, even if you're on your own, even if you're isolated. It's worth growing for gluts. It's worth preserving these things. And it's worth trying to figure out how you can use the last bit of that cabbage, even if you don't really want it when you've got far too many. Those are all worthwhile doing things. But it's even better if you have a way of swapping the last 10% of cabbage. When you've grown for gluts and you've already got enough that you're going to eat fresh you've got enough to preserve to meet your main desires for cabbage for the rest of the year and you've still got a little bit left and you're in that zone of right now I have to come up with some creative uses for this that bit of produce is worth far more if you trade it for someone who doesn't have that fresh cabbage growing already in their garden it's worth far more to them to that person than it would be to you and the same the other way around they'll have something that is not nearly as valuable to them like some leftover cakes they've already got a pantry full of cakes and they've got too many that they're not going to be able to eat and they're going to end up going into the compost well they're far more valuable to you than they are to them so it's a great way of increasing the value of everyone by setting up these links in this chain and of course the the links can be as multiple as you wish and there, there is an element of work involved you know you're only going to get out what you put in but it's not necessarily going to be as difficult as you might think because what you need to remember is everybody's in the same boat so everybody else is praying someone's going to knock on their door and give them something they're going to really really want and uh, in return most of those people are going to try and reciprocate so it's a win-win situation it's not about take 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 it's about making these situations where everybody is gaining the 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 tide is lifting all boats in this scenario so another 
example for this kind of thing is as I look out of my office window, I look directly over my neighbor's garden and they've, they don't actually have a vegetable growing patch. They don't have any of that. They've got a very decorative garden. It's a very formal style garden. But what they do have is quite a lot of fruit trees that they've planted in their garden. They've got an apple tree, which is bursting with apples. They've got another fruit tree, which I think might be quince. I'm not sure. And they've got a fig tree. Now, I'm fairly confident, without judging, I'm fairly confident most of those fruit are going to go to waste. So at some point over the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to broach the subject that maybe they'd be happy when the fruit is ripe that I just pop into their garden with a basket and harvest everything rather than it dropping to the floor and all going to waste and attracting wasps and everything else. And I'm absolutely sure that they will say, yes, please, please do. So just another advantage of being in a neighborhood is you have lots of neighbors with which you can set up these kind of relationships. And of course, if they are so kind as to say yes, we'll make sure that we do give them some eggs or something else of that nature just as a thank you. So there's lots of different things that you can just be on the lookout to form these chains. You know, you don't have to necessarily wait for them to form themselves. And Bartering and trading is a huge part of the community lifestyle, the, the community effect of living on a homestead or doing any kind of homesteading. I think being keyed into this idea of bartering can be a huge boon for everybody. In the past, you will know, or at least regular or long-term listeners will know, that I've traded eggs from our chickens for flour with our local bakery. During my September challenge last year, I traded some goat's cheese for some honey. So it's just a way of increasing the repertoire of what you're, in, in inverted commas, in, in harvesting without actually having to do the work of the harvesting, you know? I didn't have to grow my own wheat and shuck my own corn and create, grind and mill my own flour. I could have access to that flour by producing so many eggs. So it's just a great way of increasing the number of things that you're actually doing. So we don't need to limit it to things like seedlings. That might be the easiest route in. And if you're looking to put up a flag, if you like, and let people know what you're doing, then just popping a few seedlings on a little table at the side of the road is a great way of just showing people what you're about and maybe exchanging some of those things with your neighbours. We'll, we'll get into a little bit more how you might find those links in a second. But I just wanted to say, you know, you can trade anything. You can barter anything. It doesn't have to be necessarily physical goods. It can be skills. Perhaps you learnt beekeeping and you are fairly proficient at beekeeping. And that's a skill that you could trade with someone who's going to teach you how to skin rabbits or make cheese or whatever it might be. But you can trade and barter all of these things, all of your skills for other people's skills and for other people's things like, you know, cheese, sourdough starters, jams, all of those things. I think a nice little thing to do and what we will start doing with some of our links, some of our links that are local that are maybe starting to show an interest in this kind of thing, the people that are giving us seedlings and things like that, is we might start, I might print out a little how to make sourdough fact sheet, a little really simple step-by-step -step instructions and start giving that out with some sourdough starter. I think that might be a nice reciprocal way of saying thank you to people. But there's lots of other ways that we can do this. And particularly, I've mentioned several times about, for me, one of the biggest changes moving houses, we can we can no longer raise livestock, bigger livestock. So one another way of 
finding links in this system, but also of solving that particular problem is to find somewhere you can purchase half a pig, maybe, or a whole pig from someone who's growing a litter. Perhaps someone who's growing five or six cows in a field for slaughter, you can find somewhere you can go in and buy a quarter of a cow or something like that. You can perhaps find these places in your local papers, on Facebook, but also at local farmers markets on their notice boards and places like that. And of course, once you've done that, once you've found somewhere that you can buy a quarter of a cow, then you're also able to extend that link and maybe become more involved in the growing of that produce perhaps you can find a way to you know be involved with the actual rearing of the animal learn a little bit of animal husbandry and maybe take on some of the responsibility for the those flock of sheep if you're looking to purchase a lamb at the end of the season then maybe ask if there's anything you can do to help govern that process because it's going to be a great opportunity for you to learn and it might also be a way for you to get some free produce that's the very first way we got our pork was we basically looked after someone else's pigs and at the end of the process we got a pig out of it now of course we had the land at that point but that doesn't necessarily preclude you from doing it without if someone's got the land you could maybe offer to go and do the feeding a couple of times a day or once a day or twice a week to give them a day off or something like that and it'd be a great way of plugging yourself into that system learning a bit about it and then maybe at the end of the day you'll get a little bonus from it as well and it's a way of expanding your community expanding the community of people that are doing this with you so speaking of expanding your community joint projects are another great way of building that community maybe you can share some land so we my plans for the future i'm trying so hard my my natural inclination in my nature is to have an idea and share that with you guys immediately and be all over the moon about what's going to happen and then maybe that plan will fall to the wayside and nothing else will be spoken about it because that's my nature I'm very very excitable by things but uh, one of the plans that may or may not happen let me just state that one of the plans that may or may not happen is we found some land very very close to us in the village and I'm actually doing some work for someone who lives on the land. I've got a very tenuous relationship with the landowner, but there's a. I have reason to believe that some land will be made available to me later this year in my village, and the sort of the sort of land that would enable me to start doing a lot of the things I want to do, like raising pigs, um, extending my growing facility, uh, keeping all sorts of livestock down there. So that there's a really good opportunity there. There's a really good chance that that's going to happen, but. There is land out there and on my interview that's coming up on Wednesday when I'm talking to Tristan Faith from the Food Forest Project, he talks and and you'll hear him talk about it, how people were just throwing land at him for doing things like community based gardens. So you might find it easier than you may think to actually find a piece of land if you've got a proper project in mind for a community garden and you can rally some helpers a community around that idea you might find that actually getting the land is a little bit easier than you may have thought so then you can start your own 
group joint projects and then all of a sudden you're driving the community you're the one building it and sharing it with others that's definitely something to consider if you've got a really small space and you'd like some more then starting your own community project could be a real win another completely separate way of thinking and this is one that's only come up in our house in the last few days and it's completely driven by my wife it's one of you know we're talking about community and how it kind of it takes a village so one of the things that I have always had in my head is that I need to do everything myself you know I need to make sure that whatever happens we can be in some fashion some kind of self-sufficient that's the the long-term goal always has been and my wife was saying that you know we were talking about eggs in particular we we're talking about the number of eggs that we're producing at the moment we're talking about our chickens whether it's enough and I sort of you know we were having this conversation and she said you know I think we're getting enough I think we're doing about right my son is eating quite a lot of eggs at the moment he's going through several eggs every every well not every day but lots and lots of eggs anyway and uh, you know we've got enough we're, we're definitely keeping up and I, my response immediately to that was well yes but it's the summer and you know are we going to have enough in the winter and we've got some eggs that we've limed and put away but really this is all my sort of thought process out loud to my wife as we were kind of thinking aloud to one another and I said you know really at this time of year I'd like to think that we had an excess two or three eggs a week that we could be putting aside that we would then have when October, November, December, January, February come and we're not getting hardly any eggs and she responded with something that hadn't really crossed my mind and she basically said look listen Carl we had 80 hens last winter and they they met our needs in in February in January and February we had 80 hens and we weren't really selling any eggs they were just producing enough for our needs and we don't want to have 80 hens even if we could we don't need to have that you know that's far too many we don't need the work etc etc and all this time in the back of my head I'm just thinking yes but we we the, you know we don't want to buy eggs <laughs> that's all that's going through my head yes but I don't want to buy eggs ever and then she said both my father and my brother so my father-in-law my brother-in-law are producing hundreds of eggs far more than they need and they produce more than they need in the winter because they do have that many chickens and she said you know we can always have eggs from them even in February they've got excess eggs because each of those two households is just two people in them compared to our five and she said you know we don't have to look at that as an outside source they're still family and uh, you know that's part of our family and of course family is part of your community and we, and we shouldn't think of that as eggs that we're not producing you know with a an all-encompassing we of our community so that really struck home with me and it, it sort of shifted my thinking a little bit and it, it just goes to show that you know you don't necessarily need to be producing everything yourself if you are plugged into this broader spectrum of people this broader community with different resources and your combined land space and your combined skills and your combined effort is all of a sudden a game changer and it can change everything about what it is you think you are able to produce just by thinking about the wider community and including them putting your arms around them rather than putting your hand up in front of your face to stop them and uh that was really yeah it did it definitely had a, had a change in my in my thinking and uh I think that's uh, 
you know, really, really important to, to bear in mind and, and use that resource. It's just another resource that we should be using. And by we, I mean my, me and my family. And by resource, I mean just, just things we have access to. And family is one of those things. And using that same thought process, we can take a step outside and, and look at other producers. So I've mentioned this on my recent show about my September challenge. One of the things I'm considering for as a September challenge option is to kind of plug myself into local producers. And I'm thinking of things like local dairies. So a, a local dairy that's either milking cows or goats, maybe I could go and volunteer a little bit of my time or a little bit of my expertise. Now, I'm a builder, so perhaps I can go and repair a roof or do whatever and in exchange get access to some of the produce that they are producing. So there's there's lots of ways that we can barter not only things that we're producing but also our time and our skills for other produce and that's something that I'm definitely personally going to be exploring a great deal over the coming weeks and months and you know there's lots of these little producers all around us whether they are potato farmers whether they are cheese makers whether they are dairies as I mentioned or whatever it is there's lots and lots of these opportunities for us to just have a conversation and and I think ultimately that's what it comes down to is is having a conversation now it's not always easy I understand that and different people struggle with different things and I am really really comfortable walking into a strange place knocking on a strange door and having a conversation with a strange person that's fine I'm really comfortable in those situations and not everyone is and it can be a little bit difficult and if you're the sort of person that finds it difficult then maybe you should start with some of the other things that we've spoken about and you know maybe have a look at Facebook groups in your area that talk about community gardening so that people that are already extending the invitation start there look at the notice boards in your local farm shops or wherever it is you're buying your animal feed and just have a look at who's doing what who has what maybe put a little notice up yourself just saying we you know I would like to swap some produce later in the year please get in touch and just pop your email address there if that's all you're comfortable with or your phone number or whatever it is and you can start these conversations yourself you don't have to rely on other people to start them you know you can be the hub of this new community that you envisage it can start by just popping some seedlings on the side of the road it can start by knocking on your neighbor's door giving them some eggs it can start by putting a notice up on facebook or in your local shop wherever it is you can start to make these community connections that can change your life and others and can also reduce the gap between our production and our consumption which is what it's all about and I have noticed since moving house and since now now I live in a much more urban area that the idea of community is far less frightening to me than it used to be and what I mean by that is frightening is probably the wrong word but to me I'm very much I'm despite my gregarious nature on YouTube and on the podcast I'm actually quite insular I'm a fairly solitary bee in my own life that's how I tend to live I don't have too many close friends and uh, but that's not through anything other than just that's how it is that's how I am that's how I'm happy I'm really really happy like that that's not to say I'm, I'm never rude and I'm I'm a very welcoming person at the doorstep and all those things I'm just I'm not one to partake in much socializing I suppose that's the best way of putting it 
but I'm seeing that there are ways to, without having to go to parties <laughs> at the weekend, which is not my scene at all, there are ways to develop these little community attachments. And, uh, you know, I think they are, they can be so, so valuable. And like I say, that's one of the things I'm going to be exploring throughout the rest of the year. And I encourage you guys to do the same and start looking at ways that you can be trading some of your excess produce, looking at ways you can be closing some of those gaps and bringing things in that you otherwise wouldn't. I've spoken hundreds of times about how you can set up um, relationships with producers and take their waste products and turn that into animal feed. You know, that's something I've banged the drum off several times. That's why I haven't mentioned it too much here today, but I've spoken several times about how you can do things like that. I've spoken several times about how you can source wood chip for free. And these are all part of building those community relationships. You know, speak to your local arborist, speak to your local tree surgeon, find out what he's doing with all of his wood chip. This is just one avenue. There, there's so many that you can explore and the world is your oyster. So please, please, please. This is a bit of a call to action here is what they call it in podcast world. But please, please, please do get in touch and tell me what I'm missing. If there's anything that I could be doing that I'm missing from this list that I haven't mentioned today, please get in touch and let me know. And as always, you know, get in touch with anything else, any questions or queries or comments on the show. If you've got any ideas for future episodes that you'd like to see, then please do get in touch. But with that, I think we will wrap it up and I will be back on Wednesday with Tristan Faith from the foodforestproject.org with that interview. And then on Friday, we will be talking about let me think i've just got my notes in front of me I need to flick the page yeah on friday will be our 4b4 for july and we'll also be giving away that gardener's yearbook so thank you ever so much for listening guys and i will speak to you later in the week stay safe and uh stay good cheers this episode of the self-sufficient hub podcast was brought to you by our patrons you guys are awesome if you'd like to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. The easiest of which is just to like and review it wherever you get our podcasts. You can also tell somebody about it, whether that's on social media or just face to face with a friend who you think might benefit from it. But however you support our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron, please consider doing so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, it's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Thank you ever so much for listening, and I'll speak to you really soon.